0: Hello there. Welcome to episode two of Fully Covered Sports Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my name, since I didn't say it the first time and, and I want to get it in there, um, is, is your host, the editor-in-chief, if you will, founder, manager, CEO, all those fancy titles, Rob Stotts, uh, creator of FullyCoveredSports.com. And I'm here with Mark Garlitz again. Mark?
1: I'm an unpaid intern and I'm the only person that was willing to do this for free.
0: <laughs> that's that's how we do things when your budget's low and you know you want to you want to get some you good pass balls. the savings
1: on to you the listener <laughs>
0: yeah exactly so for now it's, this is just pro bono um just two guys having fun talking sports and going into things so last week i guess uh at this point this won't be a weekly thing but last week we dove into the future of baseball um but this week it's you know a different topic and we're just going to go right into As the title suggests, uh, the legacy of three highly polarizing individuals, Mark. Um, First, I guess, what's your take on legacies in sports?
1: Uh, It's an overused term.
0: That's fair. Why is that?
1: Well, I mean, you have hard evidence. Look at the statistics. Look at the historical facts. I don't think these players should be really caring what people think about them.
0: So is it all about statistics to you?
1: That helps. The problem is legacy. In My mind it's associated with like how writers perceive somebody. Um, legacy comes into play a lot when you talk about like, baseball and obviously the Hall of Fame is a hot discussion right now. The only time I really like legacy, I like the NBA. Um, that's a little more interesting because that's the one sport where a single player makes the biggest impact. And, well, for me, I haven't embraced like advanced statistics in the NBA, so it's kind of fun to romanticize like mm. the accomplishments of like a great player.
0: Big words. So why don't we start there with the NBA? Because I guess just to to give the three names off the top that we're going to talk about, um, three uh, polarizing figures. I think is the term I used a little bit ago there to, to talk talk about these guys. So we got we're going to go into the NBA with LeBron James. Tom Brady is a name that. A lot of people are talking about his legacy right now, and and Alex Rodriguez uh, is going to round out the show. So yeah, the, the NBA. Let's let's dive into it, Mark. What do you think about LeBron?
1: Well, actually, I was curious to hear where he stands with you. Um, I was trying to place him historically, and I think he definitely sits in the top ten all time.
0: Yeah, uh, I there, think there's he's no doubt.
1: probably in the top five. I was recently asked. I, I'm assuming this was on Sports Center or something, but someone texted me like. Who's your NBA Mount Rushmore? And I put him at two, projecting like his future value and all he does on the court. Well, so I think that's where he can end up.
0: Let's let's look at this. So when I was diving into some research for this, um, I, I wanted to see some sort of all-time statistics, since that's the the you know insert sport dash reference com uh, sites are really fantastic when you're trying to figure out just sort of statistically speaking where guys stand in the grand scheme of things and in their individual sport and and all that good stuff so i that was my main source of research um statistically speaking so looking at lebron he's got to be he's solidly i mean it's not even a question that he's in the top 10 um i and i think by the end of it cuz i mean don't forget now this is a guy yeah he's been around what 12 years now almost uh, uh, 11 12. or
1: 12 seasons.
0: Um, and and he's he's still got. I mean, the guys that are at the top of that Mount Rushmore list when when you usually think about them, the WILTS, the you know, uh, the Kareem's and and all of them, they they had close to 20 season careers. So uh, this is the guy,
1: Before we go any further, just so we're clear, who's number one for you? Jordan. Okay, right, we're in agreement.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's as simple as that. But so let me let me sort of skip ahead to, to where I was going with this and you, you look at some of the the important statistics that people think about or want to know about when, when they're talking about um, just the the impact of a player and, and where they should stand all the time you look at LeBron already where he is um, with, with those kinds of statistics so points per game uh, and we're talking about averages because I think that's that's you can look at you know point totals and things like that and he's he's up there in total points as well but to actually understand our performance, I think you look more closely at the per game aspect of things to get a better sense. So points per game, he's at twenty seven point three. That's fourth already. Uh, you know, he's averaging the fourth best over a career, and that's behind MJ Wilton, uh, Mr. Elgin Baylor. Um, you know, player efficiency rating. So I don't know how much stock you put into it. I it's I guess that's it's the NBA kinda, version. Of I mean, War. it's
1: kind of nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, the only so problem he, is John
1: Hollinger you know, wasn't doing this in like 1975. This is this I, yeah, status, I know, so I
0: it's, like, it's it's kind of tough. But you know, he's second behind MJ. Um, you look at value over replacement; he, he's third behind MJ and Carl. So, and he's he's up there. You know,
1: you worried me a little bit when you were talking about like longevity and like sustained excellence and going down that road because like that's nice to say about someone like LeBron. But in my mind, like flashing was. Carl Malone, and yep. that's not helping your argument.
0: <laughs> nope. So, so
1: maybe you should go at this a different way. And here's how I approach this: We agree Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. So maybe the best way to do this would be to figure out what made him the greatest player of all time, and work backwards and see where LeBron matches. I made a list with three steps, and this is how Michael Jordan, in right. my mind, it. became the greatest of all time. Obviously, his on-court success—that doesn't really bear that much discussion. Uh, the six championships. Uh, number two was off-court marketability, which is like you can't even argue. He more or less revolutionized on a, a way. He uh, he's still doing Haynes commercials. He's <laughs> cashing those checks.
0: He doesn't even have to say a word anymore in those commercials. He just shows he up. and around some guy, some guy talks about his tag. He's like Jordan.
1: He plays. He, uh, <laughs> he plays tag with Kevin Bacon. He has a weird Hitler mustache and rides <laughs> around on an airplane talking about the evils of bacon neck. <laughs> And nobody, like, nobody complains, and he probably makes millions of dollars for that.
0: And he sits but around also, and like, owns, owns a basketball team.
1: And he gets bonus points for being, like, ahead of the curve. Like, think about, like, the like the Air Jordans, like, all the, all the commercials, like, Space Jam. He just kept it going. Like, it, it never stopped. And the third thing for me was, here's that word again, like, romanticizing. Like, his big moments are easy to romanticize. He has a lot of... Uh, first of all like there's a lot of like neat symmetry. He has a lot of like famous games. The shot, 6-0 in the 6 in the finals. Yeah, there you have the shrug game, uh the flu game, uh that time where he like lost his jersey. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of famous games. Uh he was undefeated in the finals, which is a big help.
0: I, that 6-0
1: is huge.
0: Let's stay there for a minute because I I don't want to cut off your steps and, and everything and and then compare LeBron to the we we can get to that. But I think what it boils down to for most people is you know, when they remember someone, you know, they can go look at where they rank statistically and things like that, but they're going to remember their success. And success to most people boils down to rings, and it boils down to MVP performances or you know, that finals record for Jordan is unblemished. I'll do you one better.
1: You can't remember Jordan failing. I know, no. uh, like his career had stages. So obviously he did get slapped around by Detroit. Well, first there was like this early stage where he was like a gunslinger and couldn't get past Boston. Then it was Detroit, but it, it was like a growing process. Like he built up to something, and then there was the peak, and then he was gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's nice and clear. It's an easy story to follow. Um, you know, nobody remembers him losing, even though he did lose mm-hmm. in the, the conference semis to. Orlando in 95, like casual fans don't remember that. Even like more advanced fans tend to forget that. So that really works in his favor. Um, so, like I was saying, just his big moments, like easy to conceptualize, like the symmetrical. Um, they, get, they leave you with a good feeling. And it's right. just a clear, except, easy to follow story.
0: Except for the one that I know no, you're about hold to Hold on, on, you're stealing <laughs> my punchline. All right,
1: the fourth bullet. <laughs> is he also totally never played for the Wizards.
0: <laughs> but now, he, you, he living, in, living in D.C., you know, you, you would, you'd expect a, a franchise that had him on their team, you, you would kind of think maybe they try to make a throwback to that era, but I swear to God even they're trying to just forget about the fact that he was here.
1: Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen. No. And I, another thing is he left, and the, like the Bulls just fell apart. Right. That makes him look better.
0: Well, on that same token, then, you could say that LeBron left the Cavs if they're, you know, whatever, and they fell apart.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to LeBron then since his name is, I'm assuming, in the title of this podcast. mm mm-hmm. I argued like, that's how I view Jordan and why I think he's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: now we have to piece LeBron's career in there, try to see like what he needs to work on.
0: So let's start at at one. You have his on court success. I mean, that's st- again. How are you gonna? How are you going to define success? Is it the numbers? Is it is it the finals record? The two and four.
1: That's a, that's another discussion. The first thing we can agree he has been extremely successful. Six yeah. finals appearances, two championships, five in a row, four MVPs. Um, the stuff he does is probably unmatched in history. Like the workload. He plays, like, almost every position. Like, he needs the ball in his hand, like, all the time. Right. And all the criticisms before about, like, choking in big games, stuff like that. Like, the weird stuff in, like, 2010. Like, that's gone now.
0: Let like, he me run through. I, w- I want to... Basketball doesn't necessarily have a slash line like baseball does. Um, but I-, I found this pretty interesting when I was going through uh, things for this. Um. LeBron's played 178 games in his career. Um, this is in the playoffs, playoffs now we're talking. We're talking in the playoffs. Yeah. So um, to Jordan's 179. So Jordan's had one more game in the finals than LeBron. Well,
1: here's one, uh, one thing that you have to point out. Five-game first round in uh, the Jordan era, mm-hmm. shorter. So that's fewer games.
0: Yeah. that's I mean, but statistically speaking, one, one game. Uh, we're not going over win-loss record. Right? This is stats in those games. So, field goal percentage. Jordan shoot, shooting forty-eight point seven to LeBron's forty-seven point three. Assists. LeBron actually, I mean, easily covered this. It was ten it was twenty-two for Jordan to LeBron's eleven eighty-eight. Um, and points. This is this is where it, when it comes down to this. So Jordan fifty-nine hundred and eighty-seven points in the playoffs. Uh, in 179 games to LeBron's 50-20, so 5,000. So nearly you know 960 more points for Jordan in the finals. People talk about LeBron didn't have a supporting cast and he has to do everything himself. I mean, Jordan still technically had that supporting cast and put up 900 more points than LeBron in the finals. I know you're going for it. In the, in the playoffs?
1: It's a pretty solid point and one that I didn't really think about, but the problem is... You admit Jordan's the greatest player of all time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Did you know his point per game off the top of your head? Did you know his playoffs point per game off the top of his head?
0: Uh, No, not off the top of my head. But, yeah, so I get your your point there that, you know, when you're thinking about a person um, and sort of what they meant to a game, you you, you know, sports fans or someone can find a way to make an argument, the numbers fall in their favor. Uh, So it's just going to be sort of. The legacy burns. That boils down to what you remember,
1: mm-hmm. and that's what I was trying to say at the top of this discussion. Like the NBA is weird, like that. Like it, you don't get the saber stuff like you do with baseball. Like it's pretty cut and dry. Like titles matter. Like the stats seem to be pretty good. Um, like the new, like the MVPs, like all stars. It's just how you are perceived, almost like failing, so, failing blemishes you. Speaking and that's why
0: of. Perceptions, though. Um, the the thing that came up about LeBron recently, uh, and this is this is really, in my opinion, this is a knock, um, a, a a big knock. Um, if it, you know, those reports out of ESPN bear any sort of fruit um, about him and, and Blatt basically butting heads during the finals, um, to me, that just the the lack of respect it seemed like. Um so for anyone that's not um familiar, this was a uh Jackie uh, no not Jackie Mac. So it was uh Mark Stein and uh, and Wind Horse
1: too. And and, and
0: Windhorse going into um the links are, again like last week, links will be um for all the stories we reference here in, in right below the podcast, uh if you're looking on the fully covered sports website. Um if you're not and you're listening to this through iTunes, go to fullycoversports.com and, and get the links below. Um, so but this was Brian Winhorst and Mark Stein talking about David Blatt and LeBron's relationship, uh, which during the finals, you know, it was LeBron, you know, sitting on the bench as Blatt's writing up plays, drawing up plays and basically scoffing and making Blatt re- erase the board, start over, just showing, a, you know, to, to for someone who's supposed to be the team leader, basically – putting on this face of just he he had no faith in Blatt.
1: Do you think do you think this is true though, that he just openly undermined his coach like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't they don't have any reason, you know, Winhorst and Stein didn't have any reason to, you know, go out and basically slander LeBron like this.
1: I get that I get the thrust of what they're saying. I don't think it happened where he's like sitting there just like scoffing at Blatt's play calls. I bet they butted heads and really if I had to choose between the two, I think LeBron should get the final say. I don't, I don't think he... would he? Then they, give the they, head coaching um, job. The,
0: but, he, but then give him the head coaching job, but that's not no, the, the star case. star players not... can overrule coaches. I mean,
1: I'm sure that's happened with, like, say, Jordan. Over Phil? Probably. I
0: you think?
1: Know
0: I, you know, I'm sure, but Phil, at the same time, again, this is getting into a discussion about Blatt's coaching style and whatnot, but... Phil, at the time, you knew that everything was around – I mean, everything was basically built around Jordan's ability. I mean – Cleveland uh, of,
1: won like 20 games last year. And now all of a sudden they won in 58.
0: I know. What, what uh, around LeBron. But they also – you know, they uh, – I don't know. The point that I'm trying to make is that if, if, that's, if that's really how he was, that shows to me that he's uncoachable. Uh, doesn't, you know, the the lack of respect thing. And that, character-wise, um, is a knock on him. And I don't, I, I think that hurts a legacy. That kind of, you know, attitude towards a head coach and, and that sort of undermining nature of, of one guy.
1: All right, I have, I have about two rebuttals then. Well, one, why, if this were the case, like, why is Black coming back next year? Do you think he's that much of a pushover that he would just get slapped around by LeBron and just take it. I, I find that hard to believe. Also his teammates, Have you ever heard um, like chemistry concerns from like his teammates, he doesn't have a bad rap for being like a bad teammate. So I think if there's like a disagreement over like how things are going to be running crutch time, I don't have a problem with player that proven overriding coach. Like he has more stake in the team than the coach does. And also, I would say, like, think of someone like Jordan. If you want to talk about, like, personality knocks, he was, like, a a psychopath. He, like, he was, like, the most competitive person around. He was probably not fun to play with. And it's the same point. Like, sure, it could, at worst, it could be, like, a character wart, but it's with one goal in mind, and it's the thing that everyone loves the most, and it's winning. Mm-hmm. And if Jordan wasn't, like, a pain to deal with, then probably, like, Verbally abusive to his teammates, pushing them, like, with the idea that they would, like, play better, maybe wouldn't into one as much. And I think you get a free pass if you win.
0: Yeah, but has, I mean, has LeBron won enough in He's the postseason? He's getting there.
1: There's the, the thing is, like, there's still room. Like, say he wins, like, three more titles, then things get a little juicier. He's not that's fair. Cut it.
0: And, you know, that's that's really what it I think that's what this conversation boils down to is LeBron is sort of in the midst of a career right now. Um, that isn't by any means finished. Um, so for him, he has, he has work to do, I think to cement his legacy, or I guess in, in some cases save it. <laughs> um, but let's, let's hypothetically, the only hypothetical I want to throw out there, say he doesn't win any more titles. I know that's highly unlikely. Um, it's a really hard thing to do, but if he finishes with two titles, maybe another MVP or two regular season, has, does that hurt him?
1: It depends on like where you're ranking him. Does it hurt him in his case to be, what, the greatest of all time? Uh, obviously, he wouldn't be. Like, top five, top ten. It depends on, like, what you're arguing.
0: Could he fall out of the – so you had him solidly in your Mount Rushmore, you said, at the top here. Yeah, would he fall out of your Mount Rushmore?
1: Probably. Um, in terms of, I value accomplishments. Um, I would always take him over somebody like Kobe, who I know has way more titles. Even if LeBron retired with two, Kobe's difficult to deal with. He was a little fortunate with like some of the teammates he had. Um, and I, I just, I value like LeBron's on-court game more than somebody like Kobe's. Now, if you're comparing him to maybe like Tim Duncan that's a whole different story if both players retired right now I'd rather have Duncan's career than LeBron's career
0: fair enough so more to come on LeBron so right now we're gonna we're gonna switch gears and talk about Alex Rodriguez the, the polarizing figure that he is
1: and I'll get you warmed up I mean you do so much work carrying the show. I'm assuming, like preparing your intros and everything, I'm gonna make it a little easy for you. I'll go I'll for it, brief everyone on um, like the hard evidence, like A Rod's, like claim the fame, like his, um, just say his Hall of Fame resume. Uh, he has a triple slash uh, batting average, on base percentage slugging, 299 batting average, 384 on base percentage, 524 slugging. He has 668 home runs as of the time I researched this, which was two days ago. I think he had another one yesterday. Mm hmm. Just fourth all time. He's one of 29 players to ever have 3,000 hits. Right now, he is 16th all time in wins above replacement, according to baseballreference.com. That's pretty good. So, that's. that's, uh,
0: I mean, that's all time status. That's pre steroid era, pre any asterisk era. That's a shoe into the Hall of Fame.
1: And I guess this is the, the discussion with A Rod, right? It all. Boils but down like is, 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 is he this all? Is this, fan player.
0: This is this era in baseball. It's, it's a major but, you know he he did them. He stuck a needle in himself. He was part of the biogenesis scandal. He was suspended for a year. He sued the Yankees. He sued his family members. He sued everyone under the sun in an attempt to save face in all of this. Uh Only to eventually. Realized that that wasn't going to be a, a real productive course to take Backtracked over the summer uh, Prior to coming back And said all his apologies Went on his apology tour And and now is, is back um, And is doing his thing at almost 40 years old Which brings me to This article Another link you'll find below um, Out of the Washington Post Basically what it went into Was saying how uh, In summary that Kids these days would do better having a role model, uh, and I, I throw air quotes around role model there, um, like Alex Rodriguez than a Derek Jeter. And that's that's a pretty hot take in and of itself, but they dive into it and explain it by saying basically that um, A-Rod's career path is sort of more um, in line with the average American's life than someone like a squeaky clean Derek Jeter. Um, you know, no one goes through life with a, with a pristine image is, is sort of the argument they make. And Whereas A-Rod, you know, was on a high and um, at the top of his game and had to suffer through major setbacks. And they're basically saying that this year is, is sort of his redemption. He's coming back and winning over fans that wrote him off and called him A-Rod and threw all those nicknames at him. I I don't know. Do you buy it? Not really. Um. The only thing that um, sort of saved him for me was I don't know if you saw the like multi-thousand-word essay that was um, in ESPN the magazine over the summer that was about his year off and what it was like and basically what he went through. Um, it, I mean, I'm sure it's a part of a publicity campaign to, for himself or PR campaign, um, just to show basically what he went through. You know, he's going back to school, trying to get a degree. and the first time he, he basically went into what his family life was like growing up and wanting to make you feel really bad for him, which is hard to feel bad for a man that you know makes hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but I it, it made you feel like he was a person that you could connect with, and it it it, it all goes back to great writing and everything, but it worked in a, in a sense.
1: Um, right. well, um, two questions then one, do you think he's a hall of famer, and two, if yes. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer?
0: Do I think the two part answer? Do I think he should be? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is he first? He, ba-
1: not not if he will be. Like if you were okay. voting,
0: if I was voting, he would not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why is that? And it would be one year out of spite because of everything that he's done, or has been involved with. Because let's let's be real. That's how baseball writers vote. For the Hall of Fame. They, yeah, they I think hold personal stupid. vendettas against players. Yeah, you know, they, why, did, I, why wasn't, uh, why wasn't um, not Mo, um, you know, Maddox was well, someone, like, you know, was almost a unanimous first balloter this, this some, past summer, um, and one person didn't vote for them, and it was because they they had a thing against people being first balloters or something no, like it's, that. No, there's never
1: been a unanimous Hall of Famer. Right. And that's, well, first of all, the writers shouldn't be voting on this
0: hundred percent agree <laughs> another conversation but yeah so I so yes I do think he should be no I, I wouldn't vote for him on the first time out of spite uh, because of what Reiter. the
1: the cheating or the uh, like the lying like what drives you over the edge
0: both I mean it could be a combination of both I mean it, it's one and the same if you ask me he did cheat you know he juiced um, and then he tried to lie his way out of it came clean once and then fell back into it again
1: all right i hate that to, to do this because i really i personally dislike a rod but i think he needs to be in the hall of fame and a first ballot hall of famer and the reason why there is no well there's two but i'll start from the commissioner's office there's no mandate saying don't let him in like, the writers they have no right to like dispense their own form of I mean, technically, they do, because that, that's uh, how, how, how the they last, do it. But, like, who are they to decide, like, what the punishment should be? Like, he got punished. He sat out a year. So, I'm not a fan of that. And also, he has a leg up on a lot of these, like, suspected steroid users, because he's out in the open. Like, people know he used, he admitted it. He's that's way playing. more than, like, someone like Bonds has done. If anything, I would argue that works in his favor. So you know what right. you're dealing with.
0: And in, I mean, he's on a you know a very thin sheet of ice right now, um, and he's he's putting up numbers. If you look at what he's done this year, um, he's sort of rever- he's putting up the kinds of numbers he hasn't put up since like 2009. You know, his 15 homers this year is it would be on pace to give him his most home runs since 09. So we're talking about a guy that, you know, when when was his... I mean, 09 was when everything sort of the the, the ish hit the fan, if you will, right? With um, the first allegations and everything.
1: Somewhere in that range, I think, yeah.
0: That year he hit 30 home runs. 2010 he hit 30. 11, 16, 18, 7 uh, over the, the subsequent three years. This year he's already hit 15. You know, he's 285, which is best average since 2009. I mean the the guy for a forty year old you know he had a year off, honest to god you know the year off probably was the best thing for him. it let him let his hips recover, let his, everything else that was ailing him sort of get better, but i mean he's he's resurging, but um but well, here's you know. my
1: problem um he got caught and he apologized now, I don't like him, so I roll my eyes at all that. I'm guessing you don't like him either, uh like his personality he I, doesn't he
0: but if, a- if everything if everything that I've read about him over the past four months is true, then I don't have a problem forgetting everything.
1: Yeah, so if you just look at take the person out of it. He got caught, he apologized. Now, if it were someone that were universally beloved, I don't know, who's like the most beloved recent major leader jeter, I guess. Let's say the how same thing a, happened. How about
0: to- a Chase Utley? Can we go there.
1: Well, he's clearly not using steroids as evidenced <laughs> by his season so far. But, all right, um, Jeter is mostly universally liked. Maybe, like, even taking it from the perspective of, like, a Yankees fan, and that's a good comparison because they're both Yankees. Now, say the same thing happened to Jeter where he got busted and he came clean and he did the same thing, he published an apology. Like, how would the reaction for Jeter be compared to ava like, on field, like, if you just focus on field, uh, clear Hall of Fame case, he does something, gets caught for it, and apologizes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you can, I think there has to be, like, a uniform treatment. I don't think you can do it, like, a case-by-case case just because you like one person better than the other. I think the commissioner's office needs to provide specific instruction, um, on ha- how to handle these cases, because... Like you can't jump from person to person just because you like some people better than the other. And I have a bigger problem with like his obstruction, trying to like tamper with evidence. Mm-hmm. But once again, it's the job of the commissioner's office to say if that affects Hall of Fame voting or not. They suspended him for a year. That's not the same as saying like he can't go the Hall of Fame. It's not like a Pete Rose situation where he's banned for life. Now I mean,
0: while you mention him, I'm, I'm not going to get into his legacy, but uh, it brings... I heard an interesting point that, you know, good or bad, someone like Pete deserves to be in the Hall because it's such a large part of baseball's story. He's such a large part of baseball's story. Forget – I mean, don't forget, but include the stats. Um, include everything he did to get banned. And it, it deserves to have its that that whole story, that whole body of – of just everything involving Pete Rose deserves its place um, in Cooperstown because of what it's meant and done to the game. Would you, one, do you agree with that? And two, do you think Arod should sort of have a similar, you know, down the 10, 20 years from now when people are looking back at him and everything he did, could it be looked at the same way?
1: Yeah, that's a worry of mine. Not so much Rose because that's that comes from the commissioner um i'm more worried about the writers using like a sliding scale and their own i guess i'll use the word scale again like their scales of justice um you're gonna have a lot of history like the past 20 years you're gonna pick and choose what you remember based on like what the writers deem to be moral and like what stats they choose to be legitimate or not so the commissioner needs to intervene and Rule on these players, or provide some sort of guidance or clarification to the Hall of Fame rules. Like Bonds, like he's in terms of statistics, probably the second greatest player of all time. And there's no consensus on whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. Isn't that kind of weird? And how nobody addresses it.
0: And all all because he was, uh, you know, going through legal proceedings,
1: which he never really. First of all, he didn't admit anything. And even though there's good circumstantial evidence, I don't think there's any hard evidence. So what do you do with that? Like, that's weird. I I feel like for some of these guys, the commissioner needs to intervene and...
0: Is the asterisk the answer? No. Because where does that stop?
1: I mean, there's always like tainted er eras. There's like the dead ball era. There's like the pre-integration era. What do you consider like a legitimate statistic? And it's their fault for letting this linger because now nobody thinks that these stats is legitimate. If they would have been a little more proactive and not just left people to draw their own conclusions, maybe this wouldn't be such a problem. Right. I mean, PDDs are bad, but if they would have maybe punished some people in, I don't know, 2002 or something, instead of just letting them blow in the wind for about 10 years and then people thinking there's this, Whole, this 15-year this era where everyone was just cheating the system, nobody got caught, and somehow they got away with all these numbers.
0: So, I, I don't know if you can summarize it, but what, what, does, what is A-Rod's legacy moving forward?
1: Uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, and an all-time great player, uh, and that wouldn't make him the first unlikable all-time great player of... He's not, like, aside from the PDs, which is cheating, he's not, like, that bad of a guy. He's not super likable, but he's (laughs) not, like...
0: That was so hard for
1: you to say. (laughs) It's not like he's, like, Ty Cobb or something. I mean, they're racist in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb killed a drifter for whatever reason. I mean, you don't have to be a great guy to be in the Hall of Fame and, like, I don't think he has much of a personality, but that's, you could do a lot worse. Right. And at least you know what you're dealing with there. A known PD user that has come clean. He didn't choose to come clean, but you have information.
0: Everything's on the table with him. But nothing is going to
1: happen with Bonds. Like, none of this, like this, There's not going to be some document that falls out of a folder in like 10 years. <laughs> he's just going to sit on the ballot, and then he's either going to get in or he's not. And you have, like, a worthless home run record that used to be, like, the thing. Now nobody cares, single season and career. He has both of them. Those are the two most valuable yep. stats in pro sports, and now they're totally worthless.
0: Yep. it's. I mean, it, it really is um, unfortunate in, in so many respects. And it it boils down to this. I keep saying it for some whatever reason. The, this legacy discussion can go off on so many tangents, but it um, – it's worth almost an entire different podcast about the the process that goes into the Hall of Fame voting and just how it basically is leaving so many guys in, in like a legacy or career limbo um, in essence. In in that they're basically being by not being enshrined um, or even allowed, you know, near Cooperstown. It's basically writing them off um, and every all the great they did, you know. Whether it was tainted or not, the fact is the numbers were put up. Um, some some may have some more egregious sort of, um, you know, issues that, that they had to deal with. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough spot.
1: And part of it, I think, just is, like, the idea that these guys didn't get caught. Like, now if the testing is as good as we're led to believe, like these, like Palmero would be get would have gotten like a 50 game suspension and we'd have known about it. So yep. I, I think there's just a generation of guys that didn't get suspended and that bothers people a lot. And they feel like they're qualified to hand out their own punishments when I don't think they are.
0: It's, it's a tree. It's a crazy time. Uh, just a, a weird era to, to be a fan and, and watch this sort of transpire. And now, You know that era is past, but those guys are coming up for supposed induction, and it's it's we're basically reliving it. As as we sort of round out a discussion on a collective group of cheaters, um, I see that as a pretty decent segue into a guy who his legacy is slowly turning into one of uh, a cheater as well, just in a different sport and. Not using necessarily Peds to pump himself up, but a, a specific kind of needle to do a little deflating and getting get a extra grip on a football and in an AFC Championship game. So that, I really
1: can't believe you're going to make me be the good cop in this discussion. <laughs>
0: but it's going to happen. So I, I, oh man, you
1: have strong opinions on this, don't you? Take peg, do. Brady down a peg while you're at it.
0: So let me do it. Let me do it. Here's here we go. So Tom Brady you know a, a guy that has been the face of the national football league now for a good going back to 2001 it's weird it's weird um and you know he, he's been terrific tom uh for most of those years there's there's been a few you know he had the three super bowls in four years and him and belichick were sort of handcuffed to one another had a basically you know they, they compete every year right out their careers and go into whatever hall of fame together um as as time would have it but in between the time they won their third super bowl together and uh up until this most recent super bowl um they've had a number of scandals come about um whether it's you know recording hand signals or practices prior to games and things like that and Spygate, as that was called, uh, to to the most recent um, deflate gate uh, controversy here with deflating footballs to get better grip. I I, I think the reason it bothers me um, everything about just this this undermining and you know putting themselves as everyone says above the shield um, is the <laughs> fact that I saw firsthand uh the effects of that in 2004 um you know what i, I you know it, it's tough to put uh, to blame anything specifically or say that right. you know, three points could have been made up because don't cut me off three points could have been made up because of some recording of you know a practice prior to the super bowl but i i take it a little bit personal and that's just that's just the way it is so they I'm um, and i'm not alone and that, you know, there's plenty of other teams out there and fans of teams that don't like the Patriots. You know, they are just the evil empire, um, the dark side, the just crappy human beings that get away with murder uh, and continue to have success um, year in and year out. And it's just tough to watch. So and Brady is, is that Darth Vader. You know, <laughs> he's he's the head of that empire. Um, aside from Belichick, so All right, I can I, only
1: shake my head no at this monologue for so long.
0: <laughs> I know it's getting there, but I the numbers are there with Brady. Obviously, you know he's in practically the top five in almost every passing statistic um, or important passing statistic. So again, this goes back to how you consider success and what you put. Uh, your money in into when you're talking about legacy. So obviously this is a guy that's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think this does – this most recent incident does anything – does enough damage that five years after he decides to hang up the cleats, it, it's still on people's minds. But the fact is where we are right now, if he really was involved as heavily as the Wells report you know, tries to suggest that he at least had some sort of knowledge of what was going on – if he had any involvement, you know, what, who's to say it stops there?
1: Well, you don't know. All right. Let's get this stuff out of the way first. I do not like Tom Brady either. I don't like the Patriots. But it comes from what I consider a valid place. They beat my team in a game 11 years ago. <laughs> and also 14 years ago. But the one that hurt, well, they both hurt. All right. But the 2001-2004 AFC Championship game is Patriots over Steelers. Both games in Pittsburgh. Uh, the first one, technically, I should be, by your reasoning, I should be more upset about because that's one of the like the earlier instances of like the, the Spygate accusations where they talked about the uh, taping the Rams' run-throughs. Guess who they played a game before? The Steelers. I just don't believe in any of that. The reason I watched about those games, I saw one team that was more poised. I saw one team that had a better game plan and... Not because they take the Steelers.
0: <laughs> Come on now.
1: <laughs> one team was better coach, one team had, had a better quarterback. In at least in two thousand one, they caught some special teams breaks. I didn't leave either of those games feeling like there was a like a sliver between victory and defeat. I thought New England came in and won decisively both times. I still hate them for that, but I think they won legitimately. And the problem I have with all the, the Spygate and. Inflate gate and all the gate gate stuff is, you can't quantify it. Even if they did all this stuff and it is a conspiracy, like how much do you think it moved the needle? You just don't know. So it's not even, in my mind, worth discussing because you can't say it gave them like an extra five games. It's not really fair to speculate.
0: Yeah. So, but the idea is that, I mean, he's willing to do something to tamper with the integrity of a football game.
1: So what? That happens all the time. Jerry Rice just, like, chuckled and said, oh, yeah, you stuck him all those years even though it was illegal. Are you offended by that? And he's not the first quarterback to work with balls like that. I mean, it feels more like a pine tar thing, like a George Brett pine tar thing, than it does anything that would be the difference between winning and losing.
0: I don't know. It, I, you make a a great point. It, it, it really is hard to quantify it, so but at the same time it's just the fact that it was done and i know do you think he's the only person that does that he's the only person that you know it was the Colts that brought the accusations earlier in the year uh, and in the past and happened to bring them again during the AFC title game so i mean maybe it's because it's the patriots that it caught on uh, in the media and everything like this, um, right, but like well, it, if Minnesota, if Teddy Bridgewater, you know, liked his his footballs to be slightly less inflated, I don't know that it would have caused the same sort of uproar that it did for Tom Brady and the Patriots. But that's that's just the facts of life as things go
1: in New England. I think some of it's misplaced anger. Um, the finals they won by thirty five, right? The AFC yeah. title game. So even if like, all these accusations are true, you can agree that that wasn't the difference between winning and losing? No. Okay. It wasn't. Now, let's say the Colts won that game instead of the Patriots and all this stuff came out, what would the public reaction be? Would it be, like, the train wreck it was going into the Super Bowl, or do you think it would have been a much quieter story?
0: I mean, that's an obvious answer.
1: So I think part of it is it happened when the Patriots were on their way to winning the Super Bowl. So I think it's bad press at a bad time when everyone's watching. And you also have a commissioner who I personally don't like. You would agree he's not a very good commissioner. He's not one of like high moral standing. He's not one of consistency. And he caters to the whim of the public a lot because he doesn't do anything about like, the moral issues and the bad press, like the deeper-seated problems of the league give him bad press. He does nothing to address those, but he'll work over something like that. It's easier to like the please of hands.
0: I'm going to play the fifth on this uh, case right now for reasons that I can't get into on the air, but, um, oh,
1: do you want me to not slam the NFL commissioner?
0: No, do, right. your, do your thing. But I I'm, not going, I'm not though. going to. So,
1: <laughs> all right, well, let's look at this from a more generous point of view. The Ray Rice scandal. Let's assume they didn't know, which was, their public stance. That's fine. It still looks bad to have a tape like that come out after a fairly lenient punishment. So even if they didn't know and they were un- they were unlucky to find out about um, the tape, uh, they had to go back and like adjust it because of, uh, of the public outcry.
0: So so say same, along the same lines, say text come out this week. Um, I know Brady and Goodell are having their heart-to-heart They had their heart-to-heart on Tuesday um, Say Brady hands over the texts Agrees You know After so long and hiding them or whatnot And they turn out to Show that he Basically was the mastermind of the whole thing
1: Alright well What if it goes that I did,
0: now, now you know It's not This isn't me saying that Domestic abuse is on the same level as deflating football.
1: Actually, let me clarify my point because I kind of trailed off there. But I was trying to say before, if you're being generous with the league and you're assuming they didn't know about what what was on that Ray Rice tape, then they were unlucky with – they got unlucky with PR essentially. So they have some really bad press, like the most heat they've ever had on them. So it's just a bad year for PR in general. So when this comes out – they can't just make it look like they're turning a blind eye to another like perceived problem. So they address it. So when I say Goodell's kind of like working with the whims of the public, it's because he either knew it was on the tape and tried to cover up and got caught for it. Or probably if you trust them, he didn't know it was on the tape and they, like I said, got really unlucky. So just a bad year with that and like the Aaron Hernandez stuff, like, they have to be more sensitive to public reception. And that's why I think they threw the book at Brady.
0: Right. One thing I want to throw out there, and this is to basically be a counterpoint to um, everything I've said and sort of the ill will that I have towards that franchise and that individual. Um, and this comes from uh, link number three below, which is Jackie McMullen, Jackie Mack, senior writer at ESPN. The name she brings up, and this is such, this is actually such a great point, And I think, could be enough to to sway myself or you know anyone that might have my sort of take on on things with Brady's legacy um Brett Favre think about him I mean what what kind of of thoughts come to mind when you think about Brett Favre just off the top of your head gunslinger gunslinger uh you know a Super Bowl winning quarterback still Uh, playing somehow still playing somehow finding his way back into the league um, You know, 20 years down the line That's going to hold true with him People are going to remember that um, What they're not going to remember Is when he was a member of the New York Jets And had himself swept up into some scandals Involving, uh, you know, women trying to cover the locker room Or reporters that he, he had to settle out of court with And was getting sued by for lewd texts and things like that um, That happened And, you know, I, I completely... Forgot about those until i was I went into this article and, and read it and that's um, much worse than playing yeah, and that's yeah I mean he you know fifty thousand dollars out of he, he was fined by the NFL uh, for refusing to cooperate with investigation that went you know revolved around that, and he also i mean it's it 's basically a footnote on his career it 's just not what comes to mind when you think about him, and uh, i think I think yeah. when you get to sort of the same points past Brady's career and he's gone and retired and things like that. The flake gate as hot as it is in the media right now. I mean, it is going to cool down eventually after his suspension, after they come back, you know, do whatever. Um, And 20 years from now, people aren't really going to remember this.
1: No, of course not. Farb's a tough example because he's a, his legacy was, painted a little bit more for other reasons and it was the constant unretiring that that drew some of the heat away from that but it would have gone away anyway i this doesn't affect brady at all it's in my mind almost irrelevant and i think his suspension will get reduced
0: well yeah so that that's that's three guys three polarizing figures as i keep calling them um you got lebron and a-rod and brady and it, it's sort of i guess if you want to summarize all three of them together you know they're guys that Statistically, they they are at the top of their game and will leave the, their gaze, respective games, having put a serious dent in statistical columns uh, across the three different sports and have really done enough to to cement their place in history in their sports. Whether they're brought into their respective Hall of Fames, all, not all of them will be. Um, whether that's right or wrong, but you know their legacies, I guess, should. Uh, You know, they they should have their legacy should should be remembered for what they've done on their field on their court, Um, and and I mean it's it's as simple as that. You know, they were some of the best, and they continue to be some of the best. um, Whether you like them as people or not, obviously the latter two um, draw more ire, I think, from a lot of folks. Um, for different reasons, LeBron—it's obvious—he's like a very love-hate kind of guy. And I hated him. I loved him when he was in Cleveland to start. I hated him when he left. Love him again that he went back and everything. Um, so he—he he sort of evokes the same kind of emotions from people, but not to the degree I don't think as a, as a Brady or um, an A. Rod. Um, but you know, it's all there. And uh,
1: yeah, the moral of the story is don't be such a crybaby and learn to recognize brilliance.
0: Cool. Well, I guess with that, we can wrap up episode number two of the Fully Covered Sports podcast, and thanks again for sticking with us, and uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and download the podcast. Um, It'll stream automatically to your phone when we upload. So, thanks.